Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Monday. You know what that means. We're off our mojo this week. We all met up over the weekend and watched the Royal Rumble. It was pretty bad. But what wasn't bad was yeah. AEW, and I'm here to talk about it with Jay Luff. How's it going, Jay? I'm all good. Yeah, uh, the Rumble was very disappointing. Um, went, went, in, went into that on uh, the news podcast, which you'll be able to hear on Jack's radio tomorrow. Good segue. It is, of course, me, your boy, Big Tasty. Forget the number four. Forgot who I am. It's been a been a weird weekend. Uh, I think we got to bed at like half six on, on um, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yeah. Was, uh, oof, we'll get to all of that. Uh, anyway, we'll get straight into some AEW. It's been a been a big week. I know it's been a big week for disappointing battle royals, but it's also been a big week for the uh, for the AEW brand and the AEW as a company. Um, we'll start out with Dynamite, and Dynamite starts out with a ladder match for the TNT title: Cody versus Sammy. This was silly, wasn't it? I mean, you can tell how serious this was, and how like. How much they were coming to the show? Cody even gave up his entrance. Like, what a top lad! Yeah, but both of them didn't they? Wanted, yeah. to, wanted to start the match off. Which, well, start the show, but the the match just starting. Yeah. Um. Now, Melter gave five stars, didn't he? Melter did. Daddy Dave came up with a big with a big bag for the five stars. Do, do you agree? Uh, it's really hard to to rate a match like this, isn't it? Because it's it's literally just stupid spots and that's great and, I, and, yeah. it, and, it's, and it's really good fun but it's not I, um it's not it's not a mega ricardo is it you know i thought it was a really good match i thought that the, the main event was much better i but, would say i think this is the best two-man ladder match i've seen in quite a long time yeah i've been fine to agree with you there my Normally these matches sort of trade on like the chaos of having like so many people in them that there's all these moving parts. And so for, for Cody and Sammy to keep that energy throughout the entire match with just two of them, I thought it was, was actually a really massive achievement. It was the first um, one versus one ladder match in AW, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's only the second ladder match. Third. But apart from the apart from like the battle rails and you know the it's yeah, they oh, have like I, the I yeah, because they had the Face yeah, the revolution. The revolution. They had the one where it was the title shot against Mox. Yes, and then um, the Escalade Lamboete. And also the one uh, Hangman one to get a shot against Kenny. Yeah. So fifth. Um, but yeah, the first first one on one ladder match. Um, and yeah, it was good. My, my main issue with it was uh, this. This is going to sound like irony. <laughs> was it that there was too many women involved? No, there's too much wrestling in it. They hear me out. The start of the match, there was no urgency to bring a ladder in. And yeah. I, th- I felt it was a bit like almost a little bit too self-indulgent that Cody was going for like the sort of old school like wrestling holds and shit like that. It was like you can't win with that. 
Yeah, I like mean, this, this, this match went it went 23 minutes. And, and you could argue they probably, they probably, they probably could have shaved the first five minutes off. Yeah, because it was just Cody, Matt wrestling, Sammy and doing his, his getting all this Cody shit in. If you're being picky. Um, I mean, once it got going and once the ladders came in, it was... Once, once they started, like, the brawl in the crowd was what started the kind of, like, the, the match kind of, like, upping its intensity. Once it got there, it never went anywhere else, did it? Yeah. It just, it just yeah. Didn't, it didn't drop off at all. It was once, just... Once it, once it, like, kind of, like, hit its peak, it didn't drop off. It it, it was, it was like, it was high octane from, that like, the get-go of that. But it was just getting there, for me, took a little bit too long. I mean, we've got to talk first about the cutter. Which one? The the ladder one or the yeah. one where... The, the, the cutter. That. Yeah. So, towards... I mean, it wasn't even like a big... It wasn't even like an F-finishing spot or anything. Like, towards the start of the match, uh, Cody's on the ladder, Sammy's in the corner, there's a ladder propped up against him in the corner, and he sort of sets that up, and then he sort of jumps... Yeah. He, he leapfrogs over the ladder and, like, jumps off it. Springs and hits a cutter on Cody off the ladder, and they all they, they all just eat shit basically. Yeah, I, I I saw there was a lot of criticism in regards to the fact that Aubrey was holding the ladder. I mean, we literally yeah. saw a match last week where we found out what happens when you don't hold the ladder when um, AJ Gray still holding the ladder. <laughs> AJ Gray fell on his ass on the ladder. It was still holding the ladder, and AJ Gray still ate shit. Yeah, so exactly. So at, we... at the end of the day. Video packages aren't going to show Aubrey holding the ladder. They're going to show how is this, is this, an, is this another instance of like people being upset that people didn't like hurt themselves? Yeah, this is this like people wanting Chris Jericho to fall on concrete all over again. I, I can see like so I can see the point of view from one sense of the referee shouldn't be holding the ladders. Let me just say though. If I was but, doing that, if I was doing that spot, if you were doing that spot, or if anybody listens to this podcast, I, I want, want I want every motherfucker in the building holding that ladder. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I, I, I do well. The, the, the way around it would have been Gaff Wago to come out and hold it. Yeah. Um, but that being said, it was like as far as cool moments, like that's good. That's like AEW's equivalent of Edge Spear and Jeff Hardy from the Bellatanga. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's we're gonna see that that spot forever now in AW. Yeah, that's that's AW's like one of their big highlight reel spots, and they've got plenty of that's them. Go, that's going straight into the opener dynamite, into the little highlight reel. Yeah, if that's not in the opener dynamite tomorrow, I'll be pissed off. <laughs> oh, sorry, they'll be pissed off. Uh, um, just, to, just to go back very quickly to the referee thing before we move on, just as a as a counter argument, as devil's advocate, do the referees not have a duty of care to protect the wrestlers in the ring in KFIB? I, I think so, yeah. Um, and I think that's a good way to get around it. Um, obviously, the other side of the, the coin for that is they're meant to be impartial. Yeah, but he's going to jump off it anyway, whether or not you hold it. Yeah. It's, it's just whether he hurts himself, whether he doesn't, you know? Yeah, that's it. I mean, as I say, for me, I didn't really have an issue with it. I think my, the main thing is that there was ways around it so they didn't have to have that argument of, well, oh, those why is Aubrey holding the ladder for Sammy? Yeah. Um, unless it unless it plays into Cody turn heel, which it might do. Uh, speaking of spots off a ladder, then we also a little bit further on we got a crossroads off a ladder, which looked fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Sammy, um, Sammy landed on his head from about twelve feet in the air. Yeah, uh, Sammy like was holding his face afterwards. I was really worried that he'd like broken his orbital bone or something from the bump because. 
he did land on like his temple. Yeah, he, he landed horribly. It was it was vile. Um, yeah, it was. There was. I mean, there's so much stuff like I can't even remember because of how insane some. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll stop at the big spot. So the next big spot then was the four fifty. One of the sent on. Sorry, off the ladder, onto the ladder. That was horrible. That was and I mean, that wasn't when you see it in WWE. They've got the ladder that's been like half sore through, and it just cracks it off. This, this, they bounced. Like Sammy hit Cody and bounced. Laddie, laddie. Sammy rolled around the ladder. Yeah. Like he rolled around the fucking thing. Like it was horrible. And then he landed on his face, and then he's like, "Oh, that's something." Like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> we also had a run in from Fuego who tried to stop Cody from brutalizing Sammy, but Cody just ran in and gave him a tiger driver. Yeah, Cody was like beating the shit out of Sammy's leg with, um, with the ladder, uh, basically trying to incapacitate him, and then Fuego tries to like appeal to appeal to where Cody's like nightmare family it, friend. It, it was an interesting um, like use of him as well because obviously Fuego is like a white, the whitest me baby face, and he's like, he's like appealing because him and Cody have like a thing on Sammy's blog, don't they? Where they they sort of um, they're friends. Mm. And they they sort of referenced that while it was happening, and it was like, like you say, Fuego uh, was appealing to Cody's like sense of decency as like a face, yeah, to like maybe not do this. And Cody was like, "No, get fuck, mate," and just drilled him, um, which was good. Uh, and we'll talk to we'll talk very we'll, talk, we'll go straight to the ending then, because um, there's no point in trying to recap everything that happened in this. We're going to get um, Cody and Dustin versus Too Fast Too Fuego. How are they going to film? I mean, they don't even know how they're going to film that, but they'll find a way. I mean, we, we don't know Fuego to it. Exactly. It could be, it could be anyone. We'll have could to, be depends if they can book him, to be fair. You know, he's a busy man. Sean Ross Sapp said he's also a free agent. Oh, fair enough. I mean, that's convenient. So at least he'll be up to, open to doing business, maybe. So, yeah, like the, there shouldn't be any restrictions on where he can work and fees and that. So, yeah. And yeah, so we'll talk about, let's talk about the finish then, real quick. Um, so basically, it, it, it finishes as most ladder matches do with both guys up on the ladders. And then, but this, this it ended kind of uniquely and in a way that made a lot of sense and I don't know why more people haven't thought of it it's basically Sammy just grabbed the belts and just twatted Cody in the head with them while they went off the ladder it was a callback to um, Jericho Michaels yes why don't, more people, why don't, why don't more people swing the belts to people's faces when they're up there I don't know but I, I know I know because it's quite a wild spot isn't it like I've, I've seen it a few times where people have tried to do it and you've just like They've let go of the belt and it's just swung past their opponent's head. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, oh, like never sp- spun away. It, it, there's quite a quite a high margin for error. Um, but I'd imagine, obviously, with Sammy's like ties to Chris Jericho, Jericho's probably been like been been sure been about, been about, what, been showing all matches, even though he doesn't want to hear them. He's like, well, he's been trying to have a nice time yeah. down in Brazil with Tay's family, and Jericho was like sending him WhatsApp YouTube links on WhatsApp, <laughs> sending him his network logins, going. <laughs> Um, that being said, though, like that, I mean, to lend the finish from what I think could possibly be the last really, like, the last singles ladder match on that sort of scale um, is definitely, like, a nice compliment. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so, yeah. That's, so that's it. Sammy wins. Cody collapses to the floor. Contact, contractless Cody is out on his ass. That- Sammy wasn't Sammy wasn't gonna fucking pin Cody, was he? Let's be honest. No, uh, but there, there we go. Sammy is the undisputed TN, lone TNT champion. Yeah, which is I think is it, it's it's so I'd love to know 
like the, the sort of the backstory of this whole of this whole Sammy to Cody to Sammy title change because it feels like something's maybe not quite materialized or I, yeah it, it's weird like I mean obviously they probably just wanted the ladder match to happen yeah but I, I feel like the original plan would have been Sammy maybe and Cody going to a draw on Battle of the Belts and then them deciding with a ladder match yeah possibly I mean, it, it, it's fine. We, we got we, we got we, we got there in the end, didn't we? And it was we, we got some good matches. Like Sammy Dustin was good. Like this was good. So you know, it all it all kind of it all kind of worked in in, in, the, in the most AEW possible. They have this like they have this like weird like sort of good luck that every time something goes tits up, it always seems to work out to a great match. It, it feels as though they've kind of got a they've got like a plan B in place for most of the storylines, which I mean so. Just to pull it's, off it's, it's, it's almost like they book sensibly, so that when they do need to yeah. change something, it doesn't like destroy everything. Well, not, because, yeah, they're not, well, they're not build, because they're not building on sand. If they need to restructure something, they just can. Yeah, to give a to give a spoiler for the news, uh, me and Troy were talking about like the Royal Rumble and how booking Brock to win it was like a lazy booking, and I said the reason, but like my reasoning behind it was because. They essentially like restructured months worth of storyline they had planned, apparently, um, because Roman because one match couldn't happen because yeah. Roman had COVID. They changed everything instead of just feeding like a job to Brock. They had Brock win the title off Biggie, and then um, then he had to lose the title to somebody else, and he had to win the Rumble to get them back on track for that story. Whereas for AW, it seems like they've kind of They've gone, all right, well, the easiest way around this is instead of doing something stupid, we'll do this. Yeah, everything seems to be focused on, like, right, we know where we're going, so how do we get yeah. there? And they have, like, multiple routes that they can take, depending on what happens. Like, if it's feel... or if someone can't wrestle for whatever reason. Or... Yeah, I feel like they had, quite, they had, like, quite a good fix for, like, two weeks worth of storytelling. They need to kind of, like, just quickly change on the fly. Like, we'll talk about that a bit later with Mox, but, like, if you look at, like, what was supposed to happen with Mox and then, obviously, real life got in the way, he had to go away. He's come back now, and they've spun that itself into another storyline, and they've set up his next opponent based on what was supposed to happen before he left. Yeah. That's it. And it's it's just really... It's very refreshing to see. And then moving on to arguably the highlight of the evening. Obviously, this is beach break. And we need to go to a beach. So Tony Schiavone, earlier in the day, was at Edgewater Beach in Cleveland uh, with Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hubs. And so first of all, the, the outfits of both men were tremendous. Yeah, the swag is like almost at illegal levels. R- Ricky Starks in an actual ski suit with and, goggles and everything. And Hobbs in like a bearskin waistcoat. Hobbs. Hobbs was wearing dungarees and a fair coat, which doesn't <laughs> but it does. And then to- Tony was in like his little tracksuit with his body warmer shivering. So that was incredible. Uh, basically, the, the, the upper tick of this was um, Hobbs said he wanted to rematch with Dante, and Ricky Starks basically said that he's going to fight him on Rampage next week. Not the one coming, the one after. So the one. Fight. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's me in Chicago. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, Nice. I mean, Team Taz always do good work. It's. It, it, I'll, I'll say to you, like, I think Team Taz are going to be last year's dark order, in that like they're going to have to turn them face because they're so. They're going to organic. But the thing with Team Taz is, is that Ricky Starks is such a good heel. 
he's a likable heel, but he's a good heel. Yeah, but he's also really easy to cheer for. <laughs> yeah, Hobbs, Hobbs is just good because he's menacing, so he can be a really good heel. And he's got the charisma of more of a heel than a babyface. Especially Taz just becoming more and more of like a confused uncle. Yeah. Taz is just basically drunk uncle off um, off Saturday Night Live at this point. <laughs> and Hook, no matter what he does, is the most over thing in the fucking room. In the in fucking wrestling, yeah. He, he, even to the point where he went on stage with fucking Action Bronson to have his theme music played. And just stood there. And, and Action Bronson was the second most over thing on that stage. <laughs> And like hundreds of people who were paid to see Action Bronson and they cared more about Hook than Action Bronson. They cared more than they sent Hook. Yeah, right then, moving on, uh, we've got the hometown boy, Mr. Mayhem, Wardlow himself, in a handicap match. I say handicap, that's a, that's a strong word for a match of this calibre. Uh, a two-on-one match, should we say, <laughs> against Elijah Dean and James Alexander. Um, and yeah, he just basically beat the piss out of him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Wardlow did a bad murder. I liked the, the finish of this. I was hoping, like when I was watching, it didn't last long. It was like a minute. Uh, he just powerbombed the, them both. And then one thing I really hoped he would do, and then he did do, was he powerbombed one guy onto the other guy. And then stood on them both. And stacked them both like he was the tribal chief. Yeah. Did, did what Roman should have done, but Roman couldn't have done it to Edge and Brian because the, the two protected. We, uh, there was, there was some, uh, Brian, Daniel, Daniel, Brian Daniels, we're getting some bad flashbacks in the back while you're watching this. Nah, he's too busy about thinking Kevin and Mox are school. <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. It just does a bit more. Um, and it was nice to see Wardlow, really. He was super over. And the crowd loved him. I mean, obviously, he's the hometown guy, but even so, like... Yeah, I didn't realise Hook was... Uh, I didn't realise Wardlow was from Cleveland. I don't think... Um, the type of thing you'd shout about, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it, what was interesting about that was obviously... What happened later with MJF, um, which yeah. we get when we get to it, but it definitely, it definitely added another wrinkle to the Wardlow MJF thing, which was nice. Um, I liked as well that Wardlow would like refuse to let Sean Spears go and be a chair pair of it. Yeah, we were like, no, this is this has gone on long enough now. No, I've had enough, I've had enough of this nonsense. I'm just doing murder. That's it. Yeah. Uh, right then, moving on to our next match, we had uh, bowler winner Daniel Garcia. Yes, boy. And, two, and his, his dad's 2.0 versus Chris Jericho and Santana Ortiz. I hope that 2.0 take that, took Daniel Garcia for ice cream. And pizza. And eat it out, eat it out of the cup. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this was really fun as well. Yeah, I don't. Right, I stayed up to watch this. Dynamite, and I don't remember an awful lot of this match. I remember like the big bits. I remember well, being main, pretty decent. The main crux of the match was that it was um, proud and powerful refusing to tag Jericho in because yeah, they were super. They were super teasing like the animosity weren't they, between the two of them. Mm. And even uh, at the even like at the end, the finish it sort of played into that as well. Yeah, and well, well, obviously Jericho was getting more frustrated to the point where he starts to walk away, and then. Um, 2.0 go for two for the show. Um and uh, Jericho interferes by pulling uh Matt pulling Matt Lee out and then hitting a Judas effect on Jeff Parker and then Santana uh was Santana on OT got the pin. Yeah Santana. Santana didn't see Jericho get involved did he? he just thought he brought he managed to roll him up. Yeah. Didn't he? 
didn't even think that Ortiz, he thought Ortiz had helped him as well, not Jericho. Yeah, and it was it was a really good solid match. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm happy with any sort of result that gives Santana and Ortiz a rub, and it really did. But I think it put them back in a lot of people's uh, thoughts because they've sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit over the last sort of twelve months. Yeah, um, I, I I have a theory about this, and I, I, the only reason I've got this theory is because it's AEW and they do seem to like kind of planning things out like this. And that's, I, I feel like just looking at the way that it's been booked over the whole run, maybe it's by design that Proud and Powerful have been overlooked. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Because we've had... Because they're, they're making almost too much of a point of it now, aren't they? Well, the, just the fact that, like, through the whole Inner Circle run, I remember us talking about when it was a, it was Hager and Jericho and then Sammy and Hager and Jericho and Sammy who were getting all the tag title shots and even Jericho and MJF. And... Proud and powerful, um, proud and powerful were there, and it was like, Why the fuck have you got one of the best tag teams in the world and you're not giving them the shot? Yeah, and that's why I think maybe it was more of like a long term plan to do it that way. So then, when proud and powerful break away, that's their that's their legitimate reason to do it. And it's important to remember how massively popular proud and powerful were when they signed for AW. It was just coming off their massive impact run where they had these like banger matches with uh, the OGs. When they cut the best babyface promo in all of AEW ever a full gear. Yeah. When they were <laughs> um yeah I, I mean I, I think I think as well though like I know me and you definitely want to see Proud and Powerful win the tag titles this year. I know Troy fucking really does. He loves Proud and Powerful. I'm trying to will it into existence by repeatedly picking them to end the year as tag titles. I, tag champions. I assume Aaron probably wants Proud and Powerful to win the yeah. tag titles points. We like everybody wants to see it happen. I think AW kind of if, if this is by design, and I'm I'm gonna play like I'm I'm gonna assume it is because it does feel almost as if looking back on it, it's it's a very kind of like on brand for the way they've done the stories. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it is by design, it means that when we do finally get them winning the tag team titles, it doesn't matter who they beat. It's going I to mean, be a big it, it really fits with Proud and Powerful sort of like narrative, doesn't it? That they sort of work themselves off the bottom and sort of, mm. you know, elevate themselves and do it. And, you know, that this whole thing where they're, like, they're trying to prove to Jericho they don't need him and, and stuff. I think it's all working in that direction, which is it's quite exciting. You can even go further and say, well, Proud and Powerful beat the Young Bucks at full gear. Yeah. And then they joined, they they were part of the inner circle and then all of a sudden they were like an afterthought to Jericho and his ego. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair enough. Uh, right then, moving on. We had a little video package. I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, the Adam Page with Lance Archer. And they were, yeah, Archer, was, Archer was talking and he talked about like when they when they met, it was going to be a Texas death match. And then you have it cuts to Hangman being interviewed, and the interviewer's like, So, Hangman, you know, it's going to be a Texas death match. And Hangman just he, he doesn't hear it for a second. He carries on. He's like, Whoa, wait, wait, what? Yeah. It's the most Hangman reaction to it as well. Like, I'm not really knowing what's going on, just agreeing with it. Going, exactly. yeah, yeah, it's fine. Wait, what? <laughs> it's like, and then he's like, All right, well, fine. If that's what it's going to be, then yeah, he's going to do it. Uh, he's going to. Really excited for that much. I love that he said something like he'll um, he'll bring hell with him through all nine lanes of the abyss. Mm. Abyss way, don't be confirmed. Um, 
well, no, he's too busy booking fucking bad Royal Rumble match. <laughs> True. Uh, next up, then, we had uh, a little quick one: Christian Jungle Boy Luchasaurus, and this was in like the the stairwell that apparently all um, Hardy Family Office promos have to have to take place in. Yeah, it's con- contractually obliged. Yeah. Um, um, it was interesting that Matt brought up him and his brother being a tag team as much as he did in this. Yeah, he's fly- He's waving the Jeff Hardy flag high and wide, isn't he? We're ju- just just over a month till Jeff's uh, no-compete comes up. Well, the team's together on the Indies, aren't they? Uh, this ne- next month, for February. 9th of March is when Jeff's um, thing's up. Yeah. So basically, they set, they set up a match on Rampage, uh, Private Party versus Jurassic Express, yeah, which is which is great. When are the Ass Boys going to get their due? Because they're ranked. They should be given a title shot. I mean, don't don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, next up then, CM Punk comes out. Uh, he's got his gear on, which is notable. Yeah. Um, he had the long boys on, though, so, you know, doesn't that necessarily mean he's going to wrestle. Best Punk, right? Long boy's best one. I don't know. I like I like his MMA shorts that he wore. Things and they were nice. Um. So basically, Punk cuts a promo saying about MGF. He got his scarf last week, but then he saw that it was cheap on from Amazon or whatever. I mean, this is this is the first time I think in this promo that it's in this program that this has felt a little soggy and a little doughy and a little padded out. Yeah. I, 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 I really enjoyed this. Um, I, I felt like there was a lot of things, there, there was a lot of like kind of critiques out of it though. Um, I, I feel like it's maybe they start building like a week too soon. Yeah, it feels like, like it feels like they wanted to aim it to Chicago and like this, yeah. this week, this week just got in the way basically. Like they didn't really have anything to do. Before winter is coming, didn't they? Yeah. So that's almost a two-month build for a match for a match on TV. Basically, the the, the upshot of this promo and SMGF comes out and they, they have a bit of back and forth and there's there's nothing you haven't heard before. And mm. JFAC says that he wouldn't give Cleveland the satisfaction of having this historic match. And then therefore they're going to do it next week in Chicago. It, it basically it, it works out that like CM Punk sort of trapped MGF into giving you the match in Chicago. But also it it added like one thing I thought was brilliant was because it was Cleveland this week and Chicago next week it added the whole thing of MJF just burying Cleveland and obviously they did the whole yeah. hometown pop award low before he said all about like um, Punk's going to lead them again like LeBron James did yeah and I thought MJF MJF like really held his end up on the promo oh yeah he made a lot of references to Punk going on a podcast and suing people and and Saying Colt Cabana without saying Colt Cabana, basically. Yeah, and I think the, there was a really good line that Punk said saying these these two statements aren't mutually exclusive. The best thing I did was leave. The best thing I did was come back. Yeah, which that, was, was really, that was that was pretty cool. Really good. Um, it really sold, like, because Punk's been he's been on that he's been wobbling on that like precipice of of going a bit heel, hasn't he? For a, a few. But MJF as well called it by going. The thing is, when I beat you in Chicago, then everyone's going to see the real you again. Yeah. And remember that you're a piece of, of crap. And it's like, okay, okay. And that, that sort of sets the table a little bit for, for Punk to maybe go a bit darker. Well, Punk, Punk like, had the mask kind of slip against Eddie Kingston, didn't he? Yeah. 
I mean, that, and, pro, and, that, that promo he got out of Kingston was one of my favourite promos I've seen in, in AW for a long time. Yeah, I, I think I think the thing with Punk is is that he doesn't have to turn heel, but he can. He he's definitely like he's able to kind of like like a chameleon. He's able to kind of change. Yeah, he can be an asshole a bit, can't he? And like kind of get away with it. Yeah, like his whole without thing without with without without his entire character to it. Yeah, his whole thing with Eddie Kingston, he was a he was a dickhead to Eddie Kingston to the point that the fans were booing him, but they were still cheering him because it's CM Punk. And then he walks out against MJF, and he's instant babyface again. And then yeah, as soon as he goes after MJF, same as same as uh, Brian Danielson, where he was top babyface material, beats uh, Miro in the finals. He's gonna go face Hangman, and then the second he cuts a promo on Hangman, he knows he's gonna get booed, so he might as well be a piece of shit. Yeah. And then the next few second, he's gonna he's he's going after Mox, so there's no point in trying to like turn back babyface because he's gone too <laughs> far now. Um, yeah. So right, so at the end of this segment, they give Punk a bit of an out for next week if he's going to lose. So basically, Ward will destroy him. Well, they had the whole pinnacle destroy. Yeah, we have the whole pinnacle destroy. Yeah, yeah, the whole pinnacle's there, and they all take him down. So if if he does lose in Chicago, it'll be because partly because of the beatdown he got this week. Mm. Interesting that MJF didn't actually do any of the beatdown. Yep, they still haven't touched. Well, they have because he, he, oh. did, he did the set up, sitting on Punk's chest and he slapped him as he was doing it. Yeah, which is, that but, was pretty, I, I like that. But at the same time, it, it's it's going to be like a fever pitch. They haven't touched. Punk hasn't got his hands on MJF. It's in Chicago. Yeah, there's been there's been no comeuppance ready for MJF in this feud. Except it's it's all been it's all been all the comeuppance has been visited on like Wardlow and Sean Spears, but Punk uh, MJF himself hasn't had any like any punishment. Tony Khan is going to have to book like the biggest fucking babyface win ever later in the show to fucking win that crowd back after MJF beat this. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna have to get like actual Jesus to fucking debut in AEW. It could get to, like bash at the beach levels of like crowd heel, like crowd not shitting on something, but you know, like reacting strongly. Uh, it I mean it, it's definitely gonna be in Chicago the MJF, like the punk loses against MJF, isn't it? It's yeah. got to Chicago. It's it's the thing that's gonna get MJF like that next level of heat that he's like so close to getting. Yeah, and it'll take him to, it'll take him to like a legit threat. Like It'll, it'll take him to like, oh yeah, like he's he's gonna be the guy. He's gonna dethrone Hangman. That's gonna be what kind of proves it to everybody. Yeah, that'll be what puts up everyone on those. It's like, oh shit, no, this guy's a real contender. Yeah. yeah. Right. The next up then, quick promo with the acclaimed best tag team in wrestling at the moment. Um, Ooh. They uh, basically say they basically uh, Andy Bones challenges Moxley on Friday. Obviously, this is quite nice because the acclaimed and Mox have got a bit of history. With the mm. few they had last year with him and Kingston, so yeah, a little bit more of that. It's not bad for anyone. Then so next, next up, then um, following from that, uh, Julia Hart and Griff Garrison being interviewed by Tony Schiavone in walks Mark Sterling. Basically says that Jay Cargill's chosen Hart to be the next challenger, and says, "Oh yeah, because of your eye, can you sign this release clause to like make a release form to make sure that you know any injury you sustained isn't really your fault, isn't Jade's fault?" Sorry, uh, Griff Garrison. It's like, oh no, don't do that. It's not a good decision. And then she's like, and again, like little seeds, isn't it, of Julia maybe being a bit healy? Yeah. We're, we're gonna get we're gonna get evil spooky goss Julia soon, aren't we? She's like, nah, don't worry about it. It's my it's my decision to make. She like grabs it and rips the 
the, the contract off Sterling and signs it and gives it back and Griff Garrison does a concern. Yeah. She's definitely going to do a black stick on Griff Garrison at some point. Yeah, and there's so this is happening on Rampage and there are more little, little hints on Rampage that sort of feed into that, which is great. Mm-hmm. And next up, speaking of heel turns, we have the newly newly turned Layla Hirsch making her full heel debut against Red Velvet. Yeah. Just there, yeah. uh, just going, working on that arm, trying to trying to remove it from Red Velvet's body. Yeah, Layla Hirsch with some nasty stuff in this match, which I'm really into. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact as well that she still cheated to win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even though she was easily on top. Like she, yeah. It was almost like frustration, like she couldn't get the win, but she couldn't get the win with the submission like she wanted because Velvet kept getting the ropes. So she was like, fine, then I'll just roll you up with the tights and, and did. Yeah. And then goes back after the arm. Yeah, and then and then it's like right now I'm gonna get your arm when that like, you can't break it, and then she locks it back in. Uh, Chris Statlander comes out to be the save, uh, so that's obviously the next step is gonna be Hershey Statlander. Bring me that. Where <laughs> Jr. on commentary was like, wait, why? Why is she just got to like some invisible boundary? Oh, like, yes. chase her, and then Excalibur's was like, oh, I think she's gonna go check up on her friend Jim. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then the next the next best part of the show. Oof. We had a little House of Black vignette. It's awesome. So it started out with Malachi Black addressing the camera in like a dark room. And he's saying about how like Brody King is the embodiment of violence. And then all of a sudden, Brody King just appears out of the fucking darkness. Yeah. Looking like an absolute yeah. badass. Yeah, and oh boy, I can't wait for the fucking... I can't wait for the match they're having on Rampage. Um, yeah, well, the, 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 the phrase he used was uh, Pac denounced the house, and for that he will be humbled. Yeah, and it, it, the way um, what is it like? Bro- Brody says something and then just like leaves it mid sentence. And then Malachi just like, "I'm inevitable." Just, just like death, we are we are inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, so yeah. So this is setting up. Uh, I think it is it this week on Dynamite. It's this week on Dynamite. We're gonna see all of the murder. We're gonna who's been in fucking isolation too, just angry at fucking life. We're gonna see fucking Penta who just. Loves murdering people for fun, and then the house he's of gonna black. Try, he's going to try and collect Brody King's arm off his body, and then we're going to get the House of Black just killing the two of them. Oh, I can't wait. Jack and Phoenix will come back in that match. Uh, I mean, it, it may be in the time frame, isn't it? Because he said a few weeks. I mean, he might not have to do anything. I'm sure he could like run in and like scare some people off, or like just be there. Yeah, I feel like I feel as though, um, as I say, we're either getting. The House of Black with a third member who's um who's uh, 90 days is gonna be up soon. Yeah. Or we're going we're going to get um Lucha Bros versus uh, House of Black, or we're going to get Pac versus and uh, Malachi. Yeah, I mean all of that is fine, to be fair. Give me give me any yeah. of that. And I'm fine I'm with, that. with all of that. Uh, next up then we had Sandy Guevara came out and did that weird thing with the cue cards, which was fine. I'm not- the biggest fan of it, but it does the trick, I suppose. Uh, he basically just was he just dedicated the TNT Championship win to the fans because without him, without them, he's nothing apparently. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this. I, I don't. I don't think Sammy can do like white me baby fish. No, he's too much of a dickhead. Yeah, like he, he always feels as if he, he's one step away from turning heel. 
it feels a bit forced when he's doing this because he is literally he looks he looks and acts like a fuckboy. Yeah. Yeah, he acts like he acts like a fucking asshole a lot of the time. So he should really Yeah, I see what you mean. But hey, whatever. He's I mean you can go, Carney, so you know the fans like him for that. As long as he's doing cutters off ladders, then he ain't gonna get booed. Yeah, that's it. He, he's I suppose it's um oh, fuck who am I thinking of now? Similar to Pac in a way, in the sense that He's never going to be a babyface proper, but because he does too much cool shit. Yeah, but he then, be, he he's like he's like a badass like ass kicker, but because he's like amazing in the ring, yeah. So you mm. can't you can't you can't not cheer. But yeah, not- but then, if he wants to go full heel, he can still go full heel. Yeah. Uh, right. The next up, Britt Baker came out, and I really enjoyed as as a as a, an American football fan. I really enjoyed this. Um, she had all of her uh, like she had all of her I, awards I, on the table. Yeah. Also, I'll let you explain this one. Uh, right, so she basically um, came out. She went in Cleveland. So first of all, Britt Baker is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers play in the same division as the Cleveland Browns, so they have a little rivalry there. Uh, she basically said, um, she obviously she shares a name with the Cleveland Browns quarterback. His name is Baker Mayfield. Okay, so they have a thing there. And then she said, basically, she won nine singles victories uh, in the year 2021. And said that that's, a, that's very similar to Cleveland's quarterback, Baker Mayfield, because he was sacked nine times, which is bad. That's bad. Yeah. And it was it was really good fun. She basically said, like, yeah, you know, it's great. You finally got a Baker in Cleveland who wins things. <laughs> and then, the, 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 there was just, apart from, like, a, a few Steelers fans at the front row with a massive flag, the, the, the heat was heavy. Oh, is that why she took that flag? Yeah. Right, okay. So, yeah, so it was great. Um, she basically t- took the piss out of Mayfield for throwing 10 interceptions, the first quarterback to do that this year. And she said that um, she could become female rest of the decade. She said, I will be the champion you deserve. She said, fine, that you have a baker you can count on. I reckon Brits losing the belt soon. <laughs> Uh, and then she took the big. Uh, it was it was a, it was a very short segment. Uh, it felt a little weird, and that she didn't exactly advance her storyline. She literally just came out and talked to the crowd a bit. No, no one came out to challenge her. It didn't set her up with a, an opponent for revolution or anything like that. Yeah, I think um, I think we're probably gonna get Thunder Rosa challenger after she deals with Mercedes. Yeah, but what does Brit do between now and? Because there's no Jamie Hayter here. There was no. Yeah, it's weird that Jamie's not there. Um, I mean, she could all she could always like, I don't know. You could slot anybody in, couldn't you? Really, at this point, you can just say, ah, yeah, like, fuck it. A lot yeah. of the time, a lot of the time with Brit, you kind of just look at the rate, the rankings, and go, all right, yeah. <laughs> Who looks good at them? Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll have these match. Whatever. You, you can have a match with Brit, and uh, but also I think the, the other kind of thing that she's got in a favour. Is um is that the likes of um the super click and that she, she she's like kind of intertwined in that now so yeah the, so you'd think like the logical one there would be Statlander if that feud's continuing which I don't think it might not be after tonight but we'll talk about that in a little bit in a little minute mm-hmm. um, although Statlander's like kind of like intertwined in two feuds and, unless I suppose they uh, they do like a number one contenders match between. Statlander and Hirsch. Yeah. If, 
they could they could quite easily build that up to one and two. I'm trying to think who like who the, who are the big baby faces that you could fight, and she's beaten them all now, pretty much. Yeah, I'm just having a look at the rankings now to except, see what. Except Thunder Rosa, and we know that's probably the end game. So. Yeah, I think Thunder Rosa is. See, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because they could do it either at. Um, they could do it either at Ram, uh, Rampage, uh, Revolution, or they could drag it out to, like, further. To, yeah, either uh, double or nothing, or depending on what they want to do. I mean, last week's rankings were Layla, were Red Velvet, Layla, Deeb, Rosa, and Anna J. Britt beat Anna J recently, didn't she? Yes, she did. Um, Layla beat Red Velvet, so she's probably going to overtake her. Deep was it this week? Deep did the murder on Sky Blue, or was it last week? Last week. Okay. Oh yeah, Deep cut, cut that really shitty promo on Rampage this week. We'll get to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So looking at looking at the way the rankings are going, you'd think that Thunder Rose is going to just like climb up. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, mm. So then. Before the main event started, we had a little recap of all the, the sort of matches for, for Rampage in next week. We also had um, Vicky Guerrero interrupted it, and Nyla Rose said she wanted Ruby Soho in a rematch. So we're going to be getting that, uh, which is fine. Um, then we get to the main event. So we have Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy in the Lights Out match. The one thing I still really like they do, this is like Justin Roberts comes out and does the whole thing. Like the lights are going to go off and then come back on. And when they do, like nothing is official. Like the show has ended. It's a thing they do a lot in the indies, isn't it? And it but it really makes the a, a lights out match feel like a big deal. Yeah, they've done it. They've done it like once or twice in WWE as well. But it's basically the whole the whole idea of like they they've done it predominantly in NXT. Like they did it with Champion Gargano, they did it yeah. with And it's like legally the show has ended now. Like whatever happens now, yeah, you know, we're not responsible for. Yeah, it's like it's an unsanctioned match. We've not sanctioned this match. It's They've, they've signed hold harmless agreements. It's just do what it. And it's probably a good thing given you know the fact that Adam Cole nearly died in the finish. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, so the first thing we need to talk about then, and the, the, probably the biggest thing in the match, is early on um, they're, they're sort of working on the outside. Adam Cole goes to pull a chair out from under the ring, and he's having a bit of pro- trouble doing it. And then as he pulls it out, out pops Danhausen. I. So I was in work uh, in the morning on Thursday, like 5.30 start, so I didn't actually watch the show live, which of course would be the case. I managed to not get spoilers. I just I just turned off. Like That's amazing. The- it was all over Twitter. Like I didn't go all on Twitter. Over it. I was mindful of that. I was like, don't go on Twitter. Do not go on Twitter. And I saw... Sure, I got a notification on Twitter, like from Twitter, of just Sean Ross stop saying hell yes. And I was like, okay, something big's happened. And then I saw all of you on like Discord going on, oh, I've just seen a spoiler. And I was like, right, I'm, I just muted Discord, I muted Twitter, I muted Facebook, I muted everything. And I was like, I'm not looking at shit until I get home. <laughs> and then I was sat there and I was, I was half asleep at this point and like watching the match. And then I saw Cole pulling the chair out, and I was thinking, well, that's usually Orange's spot, so who the fuck's going to be holding on to that chair? And when I saw Dan Housen come out, I was like, oh, my God. 
Brian Danielson debut that popped that much. I mean, the, the pop in the in the stadium was big as well. Like it was a big pop. Yeah. Like six thousand yeah. people in the stadium it was a huge pop. Um, Danhausen curses Adam Cole, who just looks utterly bemused by the entire thing. Yeah, done done a little orange casty thumbs up. Yeah, as he as he sort of cares, he sort of walks around and he does a thumbs up, and then it was, Cole Cole goes to take Casty out, and then Casty sort of springs into action and, and sort of DDTs him. It was the most um, Danhausen debut he could have had, I think. Yeah, and then the, yeah, because he, he did it, and then, and, and then he just kind of he just kind of threw his hands up and walked off. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> Which was incredible. I, uh, I'm looking forward to whatever they do with him. Um, Although they still have yeah. released a fucking t-shirt and like do it, you cowards. I'm swearing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm intrigued because obviously he's not technically he's not cleared yet. No, but he's not. He's but, ahead of schedule. He said, but he can still add a lot of value in backstage in a backstage capacity. I think. Yeah, I was quite disappointed. Spoiler alert for being the elite that he wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be happy with him just being an interviewer for the next couple of weeks, like interview people backstage in like a really bizarre manner. I'd be happy with them fucking him like they fucked Orange Cassidy when he first started and him just appearing. Yeah, just in random bits, like. Yeah, or just being just being a menace in general, like <laughs> Dan How. Just anything with Dan Housen in the Dark Order will be entertaining. Yeah, uh, I've, I was saying to Troy, I've got a feeling that his first match is going to be against Adam Cole. Oh yeah, uh, just because of the whole case and. Um, I mean, I'd like to think at some point down the line we're going to get. A re a rehab a repeat of Danhausen versus Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I'd be very happy if they tagged together again. Yeah. Um we've got to get Danhausen versus Cody at some point with Danhausen winning by punching him in the groin before the bell. Before the bell. Yeah. Um not legal before the bell. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think whatever whatever he does, it's such a good get for AW and it's so well deserved. Like Danhausen's like social media presence is fucking second to none. He's done so well to elevate himself to the point. Did, did you see the video he put up on his YouTube last night that he got a, a care package from A and W? Yeah, yeah. And he was like going to Davis, Oh, where, where is my contract? They haven't given me a contract. And they, they actually <laughs> sent him a thing saying, Now you're an official employee of A and W wrestling. Here's a care package. Yeah. And he uh he was, he was looking at it going, going restaurants, but I thought it was a wrestling company. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever he does is entertaining. I'm, I'm really excited about this. I can't wait to see. It's one of them. We're like, not since, I mean, it doesn't sound like a long time ago, but not since Brian Danielson joined, did you start thinking immediately of all the possible things you wanted to say with this, with someone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's face it, we're probably going to get, Danhausen versus the Ass Boys. Oh yeah, I mean that that sort of writes itself, doesn't it? Like you, you put them into that yeah. sort of because they're going to need something to do to, until they're ready to, or even after, maybe after they've they've um, maybe maybe he gets involved in the title match when they when they eventually fight Jurassic Express. Could do, could do. So yeah, so the next up after Danhausen sort of took his leave, uh, the next sort of big spot was um, oh, I mean first of all, I think after I mentioned this on Discord. Early in this feud with Cassidy and Cole, they must have realized that like you could count the Panama Sunrise to a beach break, and they were like, "Right, this is it. We've bought, we've we fit, we sorted this now. This is fine. We boxed it. Yeah, this this is how we're gonna do it." And like, all right, so that that was pretty cool. Then, um, oh, we want some we want some sadness. Adam Cole put um, Orange Cassidy's hand between the ring steps and just booted it. 
it, it felt as if this kind of well, it was obviously like a legit injury, his hand was bleeding. Um, it felt almost like this derailed the match at times because there was stuff that Orange couldn't do because his hand was that hurt. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they managed to work around it quite well. Um, I, I almost think that the finish changed because of that. I get the impression it was meant to be a beach break off the stage instead of what it was. All right, okay. Um, I mean, um, we'll, we'll talk about the finish when we get in a, in a little bit, in a, just a hot minute, because I, I did quite enjoy it. Uh, but there, there was, like you say, after the after the, the, the sort of the hand spot, um, they had a spot then where Cassidy hit the orange punch, uh, but he couldn't capitalize because he was in so much pain because his hand yeah. was fucked, which was which was pretty cool, which protects the orange punch as well. Uh, then we had the, the bit where everyone ran out, which was pretty cool. So Brandon Cutler came out and Willie came out and annihilated him. Bobby Fish came out and killed Uther. Chuck Taylor came out and killed Fish. The Bucks came out and double super kicked Chuck. And then as that was all happening, um, the Bucks and they were going to set up like a massive move on Cassidy, but uh, Rapongi Vice came out and pulled the Bucks off the ring. And that, that was just really good fun. It was just like this, it was like the end of a, a, a next of multiple month time, which was just like bang, 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 all these different people coming out and, and hitting moves. Yeah. Um, Where's Kyle O'Reilly been? We know. I don't know. Maybe maybe he got the Rona. Maybe he was just not able to come to the show. Yeah. It's weird that he's not been on like the last two weeks. Yeah. I'm sure he's fine. Hopefully, he he's diabetic, so he's he's high risk as well. So maybe he's like... Ah, is he? Oh, fair enough. Maybe he's just... But then he, ha- he has been doing interviews like the last day or so as well. Maybe so. he's only there when he like, expressly needs to be there. Yeah. Actually, not long had a kid as well. Possibly. So yeah, maybe. Um, so yeah, then Cassidy hits a beach break on Cole for a real near fall. Uh, mm-hmm. That was before the the, um, the orange punch where he couldn't make the cover. And then another nice little spot. Uh, Cole obviously going back to form gives Cassidy a low blow. Cassidy obviously he's been watching his GC dub because he just stood there or moved didn't affect him, and he put his hand in his pants and pulled out a protective cup covered in thumbtacks. Yep. That was great. Yeah. Uh, then that was then the, the match sort of made its way out to the outside. We, we got a bit more of the, the sort of hardcore bit of it. Um, they went to the backstage area into like Gorilla and Jerry Lynn was there, Tony Khan was there. We sort of had a little fight in there. Tony Khan was looking at Adam Cole like he fucking ruined his day. <laughs> he probably he knocked over all through him. I was like, oh no, don't 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 do a Vince and start putting yourself in storylines. Tony Elite. Probably knocked, over, probably knocked over his Microsoft Surface with all of his um, Jacksonville Jaguars highlights on. Yeah, possibly. And then back out of the ramp, um, Adam Cole hits Orange Cassidy with one of the stage lights, which looked horrible. Yeah. That looked really yeah. heavy. <laughs> didn't Orange... What was Orange going for? He was, he was, going, for, he was going for Orange Punch. He was running out. He was running for Pelton, wasn't he? Mm, yeah. It was and almost... Then, it, 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 it almost looked like he was going for the boom. Yeah, possibly, actually. Uh, and then, as, as Orange was sort of laid out off that, Cole sort of climbed up to, like, the top above the entrance ramp, and he was going to, like, jump on him or something. And, but then as he like, looked down... He was going for a Panama Sunrise. 
Yes, that's right. Um, but as you look down, there oh, was the cool spot as well where Orange hit Cole with the Paramount Sunrise earlier in the match. Yes, sorry, yeah. But yeah, as, as they um, as Cole looked down to, to do the move on Orange, Orange wasn't there, and that was Cole sold this really well. He looked down, and he was like, "Where's where's he gone?" So good at selling shit like that. He's like, "What? Where is he?" <laughs> and then Cassidy just like rose up behind him, like the fucking Terminator, and low blowed him, and then. Not only has Orange Cassidy watched a lot of GCW, he's also watched the last Harry Potter film because Orange Cassidy just grabbed Cole in like a hug and he, he just threw them both off the um, off the off the uh, top of the entrance ramp and yeah. they crashed through the stage. Cole might have over rotated a little bit and landed on his head. Cole landed directly on his head when you look at the re- the replay of it. I was like, uh, I mean, on on BT this week he had a neck brace on. I don't know if that was shoot or gimmick. <laughs> As he landed on his fucking head, and then yeah, they, they sort of ran up to the referees, ran up to the hole, and they looked at like Orange Cassidy was just about on top of Cole, like the way they'd landed. People were giving Bryce shit for falling in the hole. It was like he fucking slid in <laughs> to make the count. <laughs> and then like this, so they counted the three, and then you just saw like the the Orange Cassidy thumb came up out the hole, like Terminator. <laughs> yeah, like the end of Terminator. It was great. And then, then shocking him. Um, you to like pull them out the hole. Yeah, and Cole just sat there in his in his misery. Well, Adam Cole didn't even like move, did he? He didn't. No. He, he legitimately, I was like worried. He was he knocked s- out. He sold it like he was dead. Yeah. Um, it was it was a really cool finish. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Adam Cole just loves taking like nasty looking fucking bumps like that. It's like, why have you done this to me? But it's a clever way to do this because. I think giving Orange a win, A, it maybe draws a line with this feud if they need to, which I think mm. they, they probably need to. Um, it keeps it, Orange bubbling away. It keeps them back in that upper mid-card. And also it doesn't hurt. As well, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt Cole because oh. it's not a loss. He's still technically undefeated and he can be a shithead heel about it by saying he's not lost. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't lost shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. That, that'll do it for Dynamite then. That was a, that was a really, it was a hell of a Dynamite one. It was really action-packed. Really good uh, non-stop action from open to close. Um, even even like with the pace in the show, it seemed like perfect the whole way it was done. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go for some highs and lows? Yeah. Um, my low was... I know I've just said about the pacing, but I'm going to kind of go back <laughs> and say... The first like five minutes of Cody and Sammy was a bit, a little bit pointless for me. Like Cody doing all the mat wrestling and stuff like that, I just didn't really, didn't really click with me in a lot of the match like that. Where it was like, well, you know, the idea is to get the fucking belt from up top, not fucking go on the mat. Yeah, fair. Um, my high was the uh, lights out much. I thought it was just silly bollocks. We got we got a wild Dan Housen appearance, um, and yeah, it was, it was just fun, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Uh, right. Uh, I mean, I'm really struggling for a low here. Like, I could say maybe. I mean, not even like the content. I'd say maybe just like the the fact that Punk VMGF has gone a little bit too long. It's like on GM mode when you go like a week too long, when you just get like a, th- a thumbs down instead of like three thumbs up. Yeah. But I mean, uh, the content of the promo was fine. It just, it just felt like I was a little sick of of, of having this and, like the wheel spin again. Yeah. That being said, I think it was 
I, I, so one thing we didn't really get into too much was during the beatdown, Wardlow was really reluctant to get involved. Yeah, he almost had to be like, um, I mean, it was a really good story about him. He almost had to be like forced into powerbombing Punk. Like he, he was like powerbomb, like MJF, like he, he got beat down, and MJF was like screaming at Wardlow, powerbomb and powerbomb, and Wardlow was like shrugging his shoulders, just like fine yeah. or whatever. And even even like after MJF had been like shitting all over Cleveland and. As well, and then Wardlow Wardlow's out, and he's getting told he's got to do this. Yeah, and he was reluctant. I think, I think that made up for the fact that it was was a bit of a bit more of the same. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it wasn't the content of what was on, but I'm giving the down to it. It's just the very fact that it just it just just mechanically gone a little bit too long now, especially after they, they sort of ramped it up the last few weeks with like the match against Wardlow, the match against Spears, and now it's down again. It's like sort of dipped down again a little bit. And then they're going to bring it back up for the MJF match, but yeah, this, I mean, yeah, yeah, everything, that, everything that happened uh, in the ring was great. Like, it is like they started a week too early. And then I'm actually going to go for. I mean, I really want to go for the, the Falada match because it was really good. But I'm going to give it just the appearance of that house. Yeah. Just yeah. All elite housing. All elite wrestling housing. So yeah, that it, it can't be. I mean, with, with respect to Cody and Sammy for putting the bodies on the line, when a man in makeup got pulled off from under the ring was a bigger pop for me than anything that happened in that match. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Jim Cornette fans. I mean, Jim Cornette loves Danhausen. Everyone loves everyone loves that Danhausen. Dan Jim Cornette actually loves that Danhausen. Right, moving Match. on then to a bit of rampage. Uh, we start out again. No, no nonsense. No messing around. Uh, we start out with John Moxley versus Anthony Bowens. Uh, I can, I can give you a few um, snippets from Max Caster's intro rap. Go on. Well, the first of all, they had a call back, didn't they? Um, where Max Caster said that his wife still hadn't called him back. Yeah, I enjoyed that. To Moxley, um, and that's. Kind of one I can remember. I remember that I remember being really good. There was there was something that he did say. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, try and find the transcript of it now very quickly while we're talking amongst ourselves. Uh, I mean, it's it's like I, I, I feel like I've said this before, but like ever since like the the issue that we had with Max Caster and he went away and came back, I feel like they've been they've been batting a thousand. Like everything everything's been a hit. Yeah, I think as well because um, because of obviously um, like Tony's kind of got a bit more hands on with him. And oh, it was wasn't there something about like sending him back to the Indies or something? Because I, I was thinking like as Max Castle, I think oh fuck, he's got to be really careful here, like with Max because he said uh, your wife uh, ain't called me back. The network called. He said, "Watch your mouth." Yeah. <laughs> And he did, he did say something about uh, "I'll send you back to the Indies." Well, I can't remember what exactly it was. Oh, and um, he said that Bones are going to put him to sleep like he was your book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like really good way. It shows that you can really like, like really diss someone in like an inventive way. Um, Go into the cheap cheap shots, which is quite nice. Yeah, uh, when he said uh, they're going to send Mark Mox back to the garbage Indies. There you go. Yeah, and then Moxley just like hit a pack on shift on bow on Caster immediately. Yeah, yeah. Moxley just went went off like a like a loaded gun, basically, which was great. 
this match was really fun, and we need to be talking about Anthony Bones as one of the most promising and good wrestlers in AW. Anthony Bones is so good. He's so, so good. Because he can work with anyone. Like, Yeah, and his style is that he's just a really good all-rounder. Like, yeah. if you want him to have a technical match, he'll have a really good technical match. If you want him to just have a brawl, he'll have a really good brawl. If you want him to bump and feed for, like, a big a high-flying guy like Dante Martin, for example, you can do that too. Yeah, if you wanted to... His match with Derby was an eye-opener for me. Like, it really was. Yeah. Like you say, this one again here, he, he, he gets down and dirty with Mox and does Mox things with Mox, mm. which is yeah. great. I mean, Mox, oh, obviously, Mox is a really good wrestler. He's a, he's a pro, but still. Anthony Bowen's is excellent, though. He's really good. Yeah, this match was fantastically um, entertaining, and you got—I mean, it's all your—it's all your normal shit. It's everything you'd expect. Moxie's just wading through everyone. Max Cass has been a little dickhead on the outside, like interfering to the point where Mox eventually just gets fed up with him and murders him again. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah, Bowen's hits the acclaim to fame, which was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And that um, that sort of like rope hung, like sort of reverse DDT, twist reverse DDT hit was great as well. Yeah, um, and yeah, the, the finish was basically uh, Bowens tried to use the boom box, distracted Aubrey long enough for uh, Caster to give Bowens the shame, but then Moxley just takes him down with the quarter of bits as King Kong Lariat and a oh, paradigm. Like, shift. A King Kong Lariat was filth. So the paradigm shift. Yeah, it, it, he, 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 I feel like for the first time in a while, he managed to strike the balance between like the high angle and not doing a suplex. Yeah. Like he actually did look. I mean, it, it was safe, but it looked like he dropped him on his head, like right on his head, which was cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it looked really good. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that match. It, it's it's going. Bowens is like one of those guys. Like he doesn't win an awful lot, but every time he wrestles, he just looks better and better. Yeah, I feel as if the kind of positioning Bowens to be not necessarily the biggest star out of the two if the acclaim split up, but. Definitely, so like I don't think they need to split. Them. I think there's definitely room to do a Bowen singles run with Castro. Yeah, that, that's what that's what I was, that's what I was kind of getting at. Like, definitely in in the like definitely capable of having a singles run if need be. Like the way they did with Castro last year when they put him in the face of the revolution ladder match. Yeah, stick Bowen's in it this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right next up, then we after the match we saw Brian Danielson watching backstage. Uh, on the monitor, and he just smiled at the camera as he walked away. Yeah. Oh, he's, God. Fear for Moxley. He's going to stamp Moxley's fucking skull. Kick Moxley in the head so hard, he's going to forget he's got a daughter. Kick Moxley in the head so hard, he's going to rewrite the book. Oh, God. Um, He's going to turn up the Super Bowl sport in the Oakland Raiders. Or the Las Vegas Raiders. There you go. There's a topical reference for it because the, the Bengals got to the Super Bowl yesterday. Yeah. So uh, Renee was there with a Bengals shirt on. Just then moved to Cincinnati on these. Which that's cool. I like to think it's Moxley who's moved to Cincinnati, which has spurred the team on, you know, to, to finally get to the Super Bowl. First time they ever got to the Super Bowl. Um, they're, scared, they're scared just in case, like, Mox just, like, comes in. Just just not stomping Joe Burrow on the sideline. the ground. Maybe he throws a pick. What is Wild Thing playing in the stadium? Oh, wait. <laughs> Mox just runs down, fucking kills everyone on the sideline. Uh, right, next up then, um, we get... Probably the promo of the week as Andrade is backstage looking for Darby in Sting's dressing room. Oh, uh, I fucking love this. 
again, the, just what they, once, they, once again refusing to acknowledge that Darby doesn't work for Sting. Yeah, when, when Darby's like at the workroom and he's like, I'll be in contact with your boss. <laughs> I like this from Darby. He's like, yeah, you can buy a lot of things in, in the world, but money's... Um, the dignity is not one of them. And Darby basically saying to him, Look, I don't give a fuck about money. I've lived in my car. Like, money means nothing to me. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. It's, it's a really cool, like, sort of juxtaposition of these two characters. You've got Andrade, who, like, thinks money can solve everything. And Darby's the guy who's like, Well, no, money literally. I'm literally the one guy here who money means nothing to. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, then he pulls the bat out and Andrade's like, Whoa, take it easy, kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's great like just mad mad capitalist Andrade is the best Andrade oh man he's fucking brilliant <laughs> love him uh, right next up then we had a match we should have got last week uh, which was the match uh, FTR versus Leash, Lee, Big Shot Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson and so this was cool for a number of reasons one it was a pretty good match two it's always good to see FTR doing FTR things and three we, we got another chapter in the uh, Tony Blanchard on Anderson storyline as they were sort of playing the opposite each other on the on the outside yeah I, I liked did you see Dan, Dan Housen's tweet about this match yeah yeah but one there FTR to be Cash Anderson and Cash and Dax Anderson <laughs> when they win this match uh, I mean this is I was pleasantly surprised by how well Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson worked effectively Brock, Brock Anderson is not as old as he says he is like he's <laughs> He's definitely 45. He's been, he's been working for 20 years. <laughs> he's definitely not fucking 20 odd. He's 45. Looks exactly like his dad. Tw- 20 years of matches on the Indies under his belt. Working in finger holes up and down the country. Yeah, remember when Arn come out and fucking spine busted there? Uh, it wasn't Arn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. So... It was a really, really, really fun match. It was all the FDR doing all the good FDR stuff. Uh, we had to cut the ring off, etc., etc. And we, we did get a um, Arn Anderson punching Tully on the outside, which was pretty cool. First time in a while we've seen them sort of come to blows. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, I mean, not an awful lot to say about it. It was just a really good basic tag match. I mean, if this is this, yeah. it's really good that this is like the the sort of baseline standard of matches that we get in tag match in AW. I mean, it's just like a solid three star match. Yeah, I think um, FTR do a really good job when they're in matches like this of just kind of like showcasing a good team. Yeah, I feel like Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson are going to not. Not have like a big year or anything, but I think they're definitely going to grow as a team this year. They're definitely on an open trajectory, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks for uh, the way to put it. Uh, well, they weren't in this match, they were on a very downward trajectory as FCR hit a um mind breaker for the win. I, mi- I missed the big rig, it needs to use that more. Yeah, I mean, I love a good mind breaker, though. That's uh, oof. yeah, and Lee, Lee Johnson took it like a chap. He did, to be fair. Um, yeah, as I say, this this was just kind of there to give FTR some, like a lot of matches. I think at the moment because the rankings have been reset, we're going to see like a lot of matches that are just there to kind of move people. Up and That's down it, rank. like because the rankings reset in January, like you need people to just get wins. Like you need to you need to sort of everything sort of floating, isn't it? And everything you need like a couple of you need like five or six matches for every team to, and every person to sort yeah. of like plump everything down. So you like, are going you are going to get some weird ones like this as of Wednesday. So the new rankings come out on Wednesday. Yeah. And FTR were fourth. I assume they're going to move up 
because they've got oh, the absolutely. Two, yeah. Them and the Ass Boys are two and out. Right, next up then, we had a very another vignette, very similar to the one we had last week with uh, Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Uh, they basically say the match is going to happen next week on Rampage, so we're finally going to get that, which I'm really looking forward to that, to be fair. Um, can't wait to see what those two can do. Yeah, this is going to be stiff. Yeah, oh god, yeah. You thought... Um, Kill each other. You thought Thunder Rosa versus Jimmy Hayes was a stiff match? Yeah. You ain't seen nothing yet. Right, next up then, oh, we have that bad Serena team for him, but we'll not talk about it, it's fine. Yeah, uh, it was Meltzer said uh, said on his fucking notes here it was excellent. Do you watch the same fucking thing? She just gets sexually excited by women barking. Is that a thing? Yeah, she like just screamed at the camera. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what he likes. I thought I thought it was garbage. I thought it was oh, it's so bad, it's so bad. Just have it. Just have a fucking come and destroy someone's knee. Uh, yeah, right. Next up then, we had uh, Jade Cargill taking on Julia Hart. Before we get into the match, we'll talk more probably about um, Julia Hart's just demeanour at the start of the match. They were, they were talking more about Malachi blind and Julia than they were about the fact that Julia was challenging Jade. I mean, it was more a case of, it was just a little things as well. Like when she came out, she basically just like shoved her jacket on Griff Garrett. I was like, no, you carry that. Yeah, and there was only there was like one, there was no like wave, big smiley wave. There was like a little tiny wave. It was very subtle changes in her character and the way she sort of interacted with the crowd and with Griff Garrison that she sort of pushed her down that path towards you know she's definitely something's happening. She's not quite right. Yeah, I want to see like very gradually. I want to see like a bit of a bit of blackness start to form around that eye. Well, and she takes the eye patch off. Yeah, like I wonder what's taking the eye like a spooky contact in the eye, like a big red eye or something, or you know, that's CD's gimmick, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I like the fact that because this wasn't a long match at all, it was only like two and a half minutes. Um, I like the fact that Julia was starting to like mount offense and Jay just kicked her in the blind side, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they, they sold it as like, well, look, she didn't see that coming because she had the eye patch on, and Jay mm. came out from the side, she couldn't see. And I think as well, like the fact that they made a big deal about the like um, signing, like the waiver. Yeah, uh, it made sense that you're like, look, you're not like really, you're not really fit to be in this match, but like you can, if you sign this waiver, we'll let you have it. But we don't think you're going to be like, you know, 100. percent We know you got the eye thing going on, and so it's all up to you. And she was like, because she's gone a bit evil. She's like, well, I think I can do you. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, and yeah, it it's kind of as well like it, someone like Jade, uh, someone like Jade, uh, someone like Julia, who is like thought of as being like quite like inexperienced, and she she largely is. Yeah, like Jade, who like been positioned as a huge deal, like it made so much sense that Jade just destroyed her. Yeah, it was it was fine. Um... Uh, it was, like I said, it was, it was some really interesting little um, little details. Julia's character in this match, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see with. I'm excited to see where they go with her. Yeah, she's definitely going to uh, be part, like honor in the House of Black, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, right then. Uh, Finally, get to the main event. We have Jurassic Express taking on Private Party for the tag team titles. Yeah, boy. yeah, and we had the we had the Ass Boys at ringside as well. The Ass and the Ass Boys. Yeah, and Billy Ass. And this match, it was very nearly um, a big surprise because straight from the off, 
Private Party hit a gin and juice on Jungle Boy. Yeah. So didn't um didn't Matt Hardy catch like hit Luchasaurus with a chair before the bell? Or was it just after the bell? Yeah, it was after the bell. The yeah. start the and start I, was I, the start was uh, the gun club distracted Jungle Boy and that let Private Party hit the gin and juice. Yeah. And after he kicked, so this was interesting as well because for the most part of this match, it was Luchasaurus who was the guy getting the beat down in the ring. Yeah, and not Jungle Boy. And then Jungle Boy was the, was the big hot tag. Mm. I, I like that uh, as well. You had Hardy, who's like obviously he, he sold half of the Hardy family office to Andrade. You had Hardy at ringside doing like all the legwork, and then Andra- Andrade is like in the in the box watching. Yeah, a, a very a very clear uh, division of labor there. Yeah, like it, it's almost as if like he's bought the, he's bought it off Matt, but he's expecting Matt to run the day to day still. Yeah, well, they did they did sort of say that, didn't they? Like Matt Hardy was going to stay on as like the chairman, the president or the chairman. Like one of them has got the more hands on role. He said he'd sold fifty one percent to Andrade, but he's got the control and stake, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's all to do with the board or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this this match was just really good fun. It's it's again another really good fast paced. Jurassic Express title defense. Yeah, I mean private um, pa- private party. It's it's. People, I mean, I know there's been a lot of people saying, "Oh, why haven't private party like been tight tight check jump check?" I mean, they're still in their early twenties. Yeah, they've got plenty of time to be tight tight team champions in AW. I think the private party are going to end up feuding with the Hardys this year. Yeah, I mean, if 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 Andrade takes over the HFO. And Jeff comes in, and then Matt goes up against because they've got two beta views. They can go up against the private party and the butcher and the blade. I think he's gonna have a hostile takeover and break Matt. Yeah, and then Brat and Brat, Matt's gonna bring in Brother Nero. And then, I mean, if you if you want to do if you want to do it a paper, if you want to do Jeff Hardy versus Andrade, I'm alright with that. Yeah, I wouldn't complain about. That. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm absolutely fine with Brother Nero versus Andrew Daddy. Yeah, I wouldn't complain about that at all. Uh, we, one thing we need to mention is <laughs> Isaiah Cassidy getting elevated over the uh, turnbuckle and that scream. Yeah, he hasn't done that for a while, has he? <laughs> it was good to have that back. That was incredible. Really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, the rotation that um, Mark Wen had when he got put, when he got a thoracic expressed was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and he still. He still has the best uh, shooting star press I think I've ever seen. Oh, when he broke up the snare trap. Yeah, when he's floating. Yeah, that was lovely. Although, as Chris Jericho said, why didn't he just run in and kick him? Why did he have to spend so much time fucking about the top rope? Yeah, that, that was my issue with it. <laughs> I mean, rule of I, cool, d- I did. Yeah, I did like um, Jungle Boy reversing the uh, gin inducing towards your uh, Canadian destroyer as well. Yeah, that was awesome. That I mean, was they've. they've, they've... They've got like such good chemistry. I mean, Jurassic Express kind of they can work a good match with anyone, but it feels like Private Party is one of those teams that they really click with. Yeah, and I don't know whether it's just because they've they've obviously wrestled each other a few times in AW now, um, or like just as well, like obviously the Jungle Boy and Private Party have both got sort of similar like levels of experience. Yeah. Obviously, Jungle Boy is kind of a much more high-profile star because he's he's just I don't know what it is. Maybe he's talked to it better. He just seems to. Got, Jungle Boy's just got those intangibles, hasn't he? He's just like it's the stuff you can't put your finger on. <laughs> yeah, he seems he seems like he's already kind of like the complete 
like the ready-made article, so to speak. If you if you were talking like back end of this year about giving them like a Daniel Bryan run, you could buy it. Yeah, like a, you know that underdog Daniel Bryan building in WWE. Um, I think I think that the, it would make a shit on a sense of MJF the throne hangman and then have Jungle Boy the throne MJF. Yeah, because they've got that built in like little little feud they had a few years back, didn't they? And they sort of touched before, which is interesting. Uh, anyway, back to this match. Uh, we'll just go straight to the finish then. I mean, the match was really good fun. I, I absolutely recommend it. It was it was a really fun, breezy, like fast-paced tag team main event. Again, uh, we said this last time, Jurassic Express, we talked about a match of this. It felt like the sort of the pandemic opener matches they used to do where they just put on a, a really fun tag match for, for seemingly no reason. Yeah. Um, I'm really liking, though, the fact that the main event of Rampage is largely being used as like a title defense from whoever. Yeah, whether it was uh, Jay Cargill and a Jay, whether it's been a tag team title match. Mm. And it's nice that the, the way they're treating, especially now they've got like, obviously the TBS title is a TBS title, that's a, a TV title to get defended on TV. But now the, the big benefit, and they use it really well, now they've got a face tag team champion, is they can just have matches all the time. Because like like you said last week, when you've got the faces, that's when you can do the open challenges. That's when you can you can have the massive load, the, the really heavy schedule of defences. It's not like the heel who has to sort of hide and, and BS and bullshit and you know yeah. politics. You can you can just say like we're we're the faces, we're the champions, we're fighting champions come at us and you can have and, all these yeah. great matches. Yeah and the fact that um that they beat Lucha Bros who were another baby face tag team. Yeah. It's it's cool because it's still like the Woody was obviously Lucha Rose lose the titles to a heel team, then they're going to defend them much less than they would have if they were. That, Chris, that, that Christian heel turn is looming them. Oh, yeah. It's, that that train's never going to be late. Anyway, so Jurassic Express hit the, the tag team finish. Is it got a name, the finisher? The Thoracic Express. Oh, is that what it's actually called? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you hit that for the win. And then after the match, the gun club get in the ring and just do a murder and Jurassic Express and um, stand tall. The, the, the ass boys. Come the on. ass boys, sorry. Billy Ass and the ass boys. Go Billy Ass, some respect. There'll be a debut in their new theme music next week, hopefully. It's 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 not swearing because it's their last name. <laughs> the ass boys. Uh, yes, yeah, so, if you haven't if you haven't already heard it, go and check out. Uh, Danhausen got Colin Young, who is the guitarist. Drummer. Drummer, he's he's in God's Hate, which is Brody King's band. Mm. He got him to do a, a sort of like seventies rock theme song for Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. With um, two minutes to late night. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah, Troy's got the unenviable task of trying to find that on to play for the fucking radio show this week. <laughs> Fantastic, uh, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's going to do it for Rampage. Then, uh, any ups and downs for you on this one, Jay? Um, down. I think it's obvious the Serena D video package just didn't hit at all. Yep, just, sir. Um, and I'd probably say the up was Mox and Bones. I'll give you that, yeah. It, it this so match wise, this wasn't like the best episode of Dynamite of Rampage, but everything was just fine. Everything was, but just... It was yeah, it, it wasn't a bad episode. It was just, Again, it was just, like I, I described this, I, I described this as breezy, yeah. Because everything was just dead easy to watch. Like I, I mean, I say this all the time. I put I, I watch Rampage on Saturday morning when I'm breakfast, and it's just like it's just like Saturday morning cartoons, but for wrestling. Yeah, you just stick um, it on. You don't have to think about it. You just stick it on while you're having your bacon and eggs, or whatever, and you just have a nice time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I thought it was a pretty good. Uh, uh, like as I say, fairly decent show. 
Um, it's a lot of a lot of it is down to them just building, like trying to build up new, like new rankings, isn't it? Essentially, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with you then. I'll, I'll take also that um, that Serena promo was just a bit off on it, a bit weird. Uh, and then I'm going to have the main event for my up because I really enjoyed that as well. Um, I've really enjoyed um, Jurassic Express's title reign. I thought I didn't think I wanted it, but now that it's here, I'm really glad it is. If that makes sense. I always wanted it. I just didn't think I wanted it as much as I did. Like I was, I was worried when the Lucha Bros lost the tag titles, but then I was like, well, actually, Jurassic I'm, Express deserve it. I'm going to say this in a hush tone. I'm enjoying Jurassic Express as tag champions more than the Bros. I am, and the reason being is because I don't think the Lucha Bros need the tag titles. No, I think the Lucha Bros, the money's in the chase with them as well. Yeah, like Lucha Bros, though they, I'm more interested. Like I want to see, I want, I want to see them like end the world with the House of Black. Yeah, and that's a feud. That's a feud that doesn't need the belts because it's just money anyway. Yes, I'm more interested in the Lucha Bros versus the House of Black than I am in the Lucha Bros defend the tag title. In many ways, they sort of have to get the titles out the way so they can move on to this. Yeah, and then we can have Malachi and uh, Brody just fucking mayor the Jurassic Express for the belts and we'll be fine. Yeah. They're only not champions because they've decided they don't want the belts. Yeah, well, they're fifth in them. There's fucking luck of them. Who, who, who's going to stop them? They're climbing those rankings. <laughs> creeping up. Creeping up the rankings. Uh, right then, I think that's it for AW for us for this week. Yeah, um, got no questions. No questions. Everyone's everyone's too happy with Danhausen. Everyone's just loving that Danhausen and um, recovering from Rumblehausen. Yeah, so yeah, we'll be back next week uh, for some more AW. Maybe Aaron will be back. Who knows? Let's just stop drinking ridiculously coloured vodka. <laughs> um, we all know that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, thanks as always, Jay, for joining me. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you all very soon. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen. <laughs>